Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, you had to be there, crappy quiz, and a slight tangent. World Cup B is growing on me. (laughs) (laughs) As a name. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB GAA. The Football Pod on Off the Ball in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the Football Hurling and Camogie All Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest. Hello there, and you're very welcome along to episode 12 of the Football Pod. We have our league champions, and we're moving straight into the championship. Paddy Andrews, you were in Croker yesterday. You had a keen eye in proceedings. Were you impressed? Uh, not really. No. <laughs> it was a lovely day in Croker. Uh, springtime, nice bit of sunshine. Was hoping for two really good games. We spoke about it last week. Clearly, the two best teams in both divisions going head to head. So I was looking forward to the games. I wasn't impressed with either game. I have to say, I didn't think they were great. I thought the quality in the Dublin Derry game was was poor enough. I know Dublin won rather comfortable winners, but I think Desi Farrell alluded to this after the game himself. They scored six points. Yeah. Derry scored what 10, 11 points. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't rip roaring stuff. And then the division one final from the two most free flowing teams in the country this spring was a little bit. I thought it was a better game, uh, and particularly the second half. It got exciting as Galway kind of started to throw the shackles off, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't a classic either. Mayo fully deserved the victory. I have to say, Galway. I was. Looking forward to seeing Galway, and I was disappointed with them, I have to say. Uh, and I think Park Joyce kind of alluded to that himself afterwards. Uh, they were just very sloppy in the first half, and then second half, little bits of genius from Shane Walsh. But other than that, there was a, it wasn't a great performance from, from Galway, no. So I mm. was hoping for two great games, but uh, no, they're not, they're not going to be classics. They won't live long in the memory. Many of us are saying that there were four. All Ireland contenders on show, James, yesterday. Paddy was there. He, you know, he was a pain punter, wasn't overly impressed. You had the feet up on the couch at home. How did you find it? I enjoyed him. Um, as for four contenders, yeah, definitely beforehand, you would have said that Derry without McCaig and then without Glass in the second half looked, looked average without the two of them. You know, there were two massive losses. They'd be disappointed with their second half. Dublin flattered to deceive, you know, like kicking six points. I know they, they did create a lot of goal chances, Conor Callan. Without Conor Callan, they wouldn't have created anything. Um, and Galway and Mayo, I still think, are, are probably the, the top two rated in the country at the moment. I agree with Paddy. Galway didn't do as well as we thought they would. But I think McDade back and with Comer a little bit sharper and Walsh being a bit better game management wise and over freeze kicking him with his good leg I think if you add in those three things I think the Galway are still happy out where they are leave Mayo have that one you know they were the best team in the league they've won that that's fair enough and Galway are still in a good place to to plow on but as for for Derry I don't think Derry will be very happy with the way they played you know they no. they didn't really they didn't really test uh, they, didn't, they didn't look like they were going to beat Dublin at any stage really of all of all four teams there, and I agreed. I, we said it last week. 
these four, along with Kerry, are probably the All Ireland contenders. Maybe Tyrone and Tyrone, yeah. a bit of that direct to get it towards the end of the league. I would be worried from what I saw with Derry. I don't think any of the four teams played anywhere near their peak yesterday, but I would have been worried about Derry after seeing that. I just thought they just, I know losing Glass and not having McCaig at the start, all of the teams are missing a couple of key individuals. Uh, Derry, we've said, probably don't have the depth of the other top teams, uh, but they just, they ran out of steam completely. I know the Glass injury happens, but I, the issues I had with them last year in terms of their attack still there are still there I know Kieran McFall is coming back this week he'll be a much needed boost an option for Rory Gallagher McGuigan in glimpses yesterday particularly before half time when he Davy Bergen gets injured and he finds himself a bit, bit of space and clips a couple of scores but other than that I don't see any progress in their attacking game from Derry and I'm worried about their energy like they are a team that are built on energy and fitness and outworking the opposition, and they look to hit a wall yesterday. Now, I, I don't know, is that they've been flat to the mat since day one this season, winning the McKenna Cup and making sure they're promoted? Are they starting to show signs? What it looked like to me yesterday, they were start, starting to show signs of fatigue. And, and it's another Crow Park performance where they really struggled. And like we said, that's not against Dublin in fifth gear either. Mm. So out of the four teams, I don't think any of them played to their potential yesterday, which is, like you say, it's understandable. It's still the National League, but I'd worry for Derry more so than the other three. Yeah. Justin Derry, just to speak for Derry here, um, James, you mentioned Glass going off and the wheels kind of came off once Connor Glass, he nicked the hamstring we're hearing. So Derry played for Mana in two weeks. So Saturday week, less than two weeks uh, in the Ulster quarterfinal. That's in Brewster Park. Rory Gallagher after the game was absolutely raging at the setup of the Ulster Under 20s Championship because we already know that Rory Gallagher has a really small, compact squad. You know, he's used quite a few players. I know he, he threw out probably a couple of different starters in, against Cork. But by and large, it's the same Derry team we're seeing all the time. Very similar team to last year. Young McAvoy's come in and kind of freed up Rodgers to go out to midfield. He was missing at the weekend with a bit of an injury as well. If, if Derry's under 20s play on Wednesday week, they're not allowed to play against Fermanagh. And again, we're seeing that Derry team stripped of five players who have game time, regular game time um, in their team at the minute. So, Well, I mean, you like they're going to have to sacrifice the 20s. Yeah. Realistically. I mean, I don't know. Like the, the senior championship is obviously you're the tournament you're going to be. That's the reason why you're playing 20s to prime yourself for the senior championship. So you might as well just just skip the 20s and go straight into senior championship. I, like, I don't see why they would play the 20s if it was going to hinder their senior I, championship. I, I don't think that would be an issue with Derry. I, I, and this is where it comes back to the alignment between the county board, between the senior management, and between the players themselves. I think Derry have a pretty strong base that Rory Gallagher will have final say on this. Okay. Has to, has to. And I, I don't see, I don't, it's not ideal, of course, that the young lads would like to play boats with their own mates that they grew up with and stuff like that. But yeah, the, I think the structure that Derry have and the belief they have in Rory Gallagher and what he's earned, I suppose, over the last couple of years with the job he's done, he'll have final say in that. And I don't think that's going to be an issue. Other counties where that relationship probably isn't as strong, there's a couple of other counties we could name, that might be a big issue. But I, I, I ideally, it shouldn't happen. But in this instance with Derry, I think they'd be able to manage that. And I agree with James. I think 
the boys are going to be pulled to make sure Derry uh, get over a very that'll be a tricky challenge oh, and for man in the senior championship yeah, it's done he gone yeah, yeah yeah but even if you ask if you ask the young lads what would you rather play like you you definitely rather play the, the senior yeah. championship you know yeah. like that's a massive game that you don't get you might not get many chances at that so I wouldn't be wasting um, wasting any time making that decision. Just go go to the senior championship. That's the flagship event. Yeah. Well, it, it obviously depends on the county. As as Paddy said, the alignment between the management, the county board, and whatever way they're planning to go from the start of the year is very important. We saw it blow up in Mead with Bernard Flynn and Andy McIntyre a couple of years ago, and there's a rule in place in Mead now that the 20s are left to John McCarthy, a very talented 20s team. Colin Moore can't go near them, and he's not going to go near them. But in Derry, when you see that Galler has these lads involved in this panel, his hands may be tied when it comes to that. The so, only yeah. thing is the 20s, 20s is young. Like when it was under 21, you might have one or two who would be pushing, but, pushing the starting team, whereas 20s is a year back. You have a lot of 19-year-olds that That's aren't funny, actually playing. It's a funny one though. Like you look at what Mayo did at the weekend with Sam Callanan. He was tasked with Mark and Jim <laughs> Walsh at the weekend that's a fella who's 18, 19 years old 19. I suppose it depends really on the, the player itself like did, it, did he stand out did he look like somebody who wasn't ready for inter-county football Paddy Sam Callanan at the weekend no I thought himself and Coyne in the corners were good like I said I top Mayo's defensive system I thought Galway really struggled with that in the first half really struggled with it and like I say the, the only scores they kind of created around the first maybe 45, 50 minutes of the game was bits of genius from Shane Walsh Second half, it does start to open up a little bit. I think Comer makes a difference in there, but they're just not clinical enough. But Were Mayo doing anything different? No, I, I, this is what Mayo have been doing quite quite well. They've looked a lot solid, a lot more solid defensively. And it's the likes of these new guys, but the Hessian's not playing there yesterday. We spoke at length, obviously losing the likes of Keegan and Mullen. But for Kevin McStay, the, the league couldn't have gone much better for Mayo. That they've won the thing. And he's also an earth of guys like this, Callanan. And that, that shows great confidence to give him a role like that. Pick it up. Shane Watts, one of the best players in the country. Uh, Coy was very good. Obviously, Colin Reap had a, <laughs> had a momentous day in goal. So McStay has got that magic formula of being able to find two or three young lads, expose them, get them game time in the National League and also win the thing. And, and we were chatting earlier on, off air about this. Look at the atmosphere around the Mayo team, around the Mayo public, their supporters, after this year's league final compared to, to last year, we, we were speaking, would they go for it? Would, would Galway go for it? Would there be a bit of shadow boxing? I think all four teams yesterday in Crow Park, I don't think they were at their peak, but they were going out to win, win those games. So mm. for, for Mayo, the finding a couple of young lads like that as well, while also winning and winning a big final in Crow Park, I think they'll beat Ross Common this weekend and I can see Galway Mayo playing again in a couple of weeks' time uh, which would be another brilliant game. But um, no, I think McStay will be very, very, very happy. How could he not be with what's happened over the last two months? Yeah. You can see as well, when it comes to Mayo's defensive plan, right, you could see it was working because Shane Walsh didn't stay inside. No. He came out and Comer was, was on the bench. So then they had no focal point inside like Finnerty is a good player on the loop and he can kick nice points but in terms of actually winning a nice kick pass and, and getting other fellas involved you need either a Comer or a Walsh inside there mm. so they just had Walsh out the field and they couldn't they couldn't break him down and in the end it was their bad start that actually cost them the whole game when they were 6-1 down they couldn't recover that much 
and Mayo were just able to chip away. But I think that once Comer comes back in and gives him a focal point at 14, it'll be much but better for him. They had a bit of that when he did come in, Jimmy. Like, like I said, he, yeah. he looked like a guy who was coming back from it. He was like, a, he was like half a second late. Yeah, but he was eager. He was <laughs> eager. He was, he was, he was having a row with the role. ref every single time the camera was on. He was having a go with the ref because yeah. Paddy Durkin was just getting a hand in, knocking the ball away. He misses a couple of chances. Like uh, this is for, for Parlock Joyce. That's why I don't think he's going to be overly disappointed with, with yesterday. He would have liked to have won the game, but I don't think Galway played well at all yesterday. And Mayo's goalkeeper gets better of the match. Like Galway still had chances to win that game. Cobra's Four good goal been, chances. Like. Yeah, like Cobra was it 55 minutes, his goal chance. I think that's the best save Reap makes out a lot. Uh, if that goes in, Galway, Galway go front. Yeah. And that's, can, that's, I, can I make the point? Four good goal chances, but the finishes were quite poor. Well, I, I don't know if Tierney's, Tierney's was a full goal chance. Yeah, Tierney's one was probably the, the smallest chance. And he probably, probably the, the, the poorest like, finish as well. He didn't. Also. He didn't go for anything. He, he could have side-footed into the far corner or else put his foot through it, but he kind of just hit it straight at the keeper. And Culver's one was the best one and it was the best save. Yeah. Like, I actually thought just thought Culver's going to take the mark, but he yeah. turns inside Paddy Durkin. And, That's why uh, I hate the mark. Because imagine if he did take the mark there. Yeah, I think Mayo, Mayo lads quite nearly stopped thinking he is going to take it. Yeah. <laughs> but it probably does stop a load of goal chances that forward mark. Yeah. Ryan O'Donnell, who was excellent at that in fairness, him. He seems to always get to a brilliant mark yesterday. Yeah, oh, made no shades pass in. Yeah, yeah. he's very. But like, that's a, for Galway. If you we oversimplify this, Galway's best players for me are in an attacking sense: Paul Conroy, Manny Tierney, Colbert, and Walsh. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of those lads played that well. Yes, Shane Walsh had two moments of brilliance because we know he can do that. But in terms of a consistent performance, which is the big challenge for him, I I think he will be, and I think Galway will be frustrated with his performance yesterday. I don't think any of Galway's big players played particularly well yesterday. And you look on the flip side of that, with Mayo, I thought Aiden O'Shea had an excellent game, doing exactly what we thought he would do inside. Not kicking scores, but one, he must have been failed about 20 times. You starting to get frees. Brilliant. He used to never get those frees. Brilliantly, he, he, he did play very well. I don't think he'll get some of those frees. I, I thought some of them were potentially soft, but he's just so difficult to dispossess. Yeah. Would you get them, James? Would you get them frees? Um, well, you see, Aiden Shea is he's inviting the contact, he knows how big and strong he is. He's not even trying to avoid contact, yeah. he's actually You're not going to dispossess him, like, yeah. Whereas a smaller fella is trying to manoeuvre out of the tackle. He's actually going into it. He's very clever at that. But come later in the championship, I wonder, you know, if he's turned over once or twice there, you know, it's it's going down the other the other side of the field. But he did play brilliantly. He's had a great league. And they, they probably were 50-50 free. They probably were frees. But later on in the championship, not every ref will give like, him. And Joyce they're half-overs when he's 14. Parlock Joyce was not impressed. Like. No, 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 not impressed. There was no. a couple of little bars. Glad his daughter was there beside him for his interview. <laughs> he was just about to boil over and just seeing this little hand coming up on his <laughs> shoulder, and it was like, "Oh, it's my daughter's birthday," and he was all all was well with the world again. It was lovely to see. But um, no, I, I thought Mayo's but Mayo's big players had far more of an impact on that game than Galway's, and there was so yeah. little between the teams. Do you know what I mean? That's that's what these guys. I think they will play each other in the Connacht semi final in a couple of weeks' time. Um, okay, okay. Even look after bench though as well for, for Mayo. Tommy Conroy. Yeah, coming to off the bench. 
He's a guarantee. James Keller, a couple of scores. Kill O'Connor was missing yesterday, but Mayo, again, like they've got depth now. They've got young guys getting exposure. They've got momentum. <laughs> I mean, as, as a National League campaign goes, Kevin McStay could not be happier. Yeah, I think that Paul Flynn called it well on the on the Sun or the League Sunday last night. He was saying that Mayo showed more composure up front, which is actually the right word because you'd always associate Mayo with with throwing a couple of outside of the boots wide or kicking one up in the air and you know kind of taking rash shots. But they were very economical. They didn't create that much and they did rely on freeze, but they didn't waste any attack. Mm. You know, they didn't they didn't seem to cough up any stupid ball and they played acute. They only needed they only needed a low score to win it then. And Tommy Conroy, has McStay now, you know, given him enough minutes and allowed him to get enough kind of breeding room to get back, get a bit of confidence that you think he's going to force his way into a certain place? Or would you see him possibly finally being something that Mayo can now spring from the bench with 20 minutes to go and force the hand? Like Tommy Conroy with that speed, you're going to have to nearly bring a sub on to mark him how fast he is. I'd, I'd keep him on the bench. Because he's so good. Like, sometimes you just need a breath of fresh air at the right time. Like we've spoken about McMenamin loads of times, the way the crowd reacts. The crowd reacts similar nearly to... Yeah. to, to they were on wheels when Tommy Henry came on. Like, yeah. Really? And he, were loving it. Like, if, yeah. You're, if you're that quick, fresh legs on a cornerback who's been run around already, he's a guaranteed, he's a guaranteed score at least, at least one. And realistically, they'll be bringing him on earlier, probably 50 minutes James Carr, there's probably 45, 50 minutes in him anyway. Do you know, playing that way he does. It's probably 50 minutes in him. Bring on Tommy and off he goes. I, I think they'd be mad to change that. Because you can see McStay has, McStay has backed James Carr and he's got reward out of it. With the yeah. next James Carr was confident he kicked a brilliant score in the first half yesterday. He wouldn't, if it, we used to do this with Dublin, who would have a better impact off the bench? Yeah. You want speed. Speed and directness off the bench. And that's what Tommy Connery brings. James Carr, I don't think, would be as effective. I think give him 40 minutes, get the most out of him. He's confident. McStay has given him two months. You know, he's given him eight National League games to build this up. And Tommy Connery is, I, I put it this way if, if I was playing Mayo, he is the last person you want to see coming off that bench with 25 minutes to go. And you can see it yesterday. God, we are tiring. And this guy, an absolute live wire, comes on. So, um, like, this is fair way. If there's no injuries for Mayo, I think you've got Killian O'Connor in that that aspect as well. There's depth, real depth in the Mayo attack, and yeah. they just haven't had that for years. Yeah, the eight of their scores at the weekend came from turnovers, from either going mistakes or shots being saved, and and Mayo got their scores from there. Um, yeah, kind of sort of like you're thinking of like maybe even Cormac Costello in sixteen, that kind of super sub impact. Took Costello a long time to be given a starting berth for Dublin and he was so valuable to how you guys won all Ireland at the time because that speed was coming in off the bench so last thing you want if you're a defender and there's 20 minutes to go in Coral Park and some live wire comes out mm. the likes you know Darryl Sullivan with, with Kerry we had him with Kev Mack or, or Cozzy and Mayo haven't had that luxury in the past yeah. this guy now um, so yeah like I said, what could possibly go wrong for Mayo from here yeah. I'd say as well with, with, with Tommy Connery, he's probably still not up to his top level, right? Which is fair enough because he's come back from a, a very tough injury. The game is played at a completely different intensity in the last 20 minutes as the first 20. Like you don't have to be at your unbelievably 
best, best in the last 20, you can get away with it. Yeah. So what you just need there is good decision-making and legs. Yeah. And you can make a massive difference. Whereas if you're not 100% in the first 20 minutes, it's a lot away. harder to, to kind of, it's just more yeah, space. It's a lot harder to, to get through it. Yeah. There's more space. You can see it even for Galway. Like, like, there was no real space in the Mayo defence in the first half. That's why Shane Walsh drops out so deep. And they missed the target man inside. Second half, they do create the chances. And that's because there's just more space. The game becomes more frantic. And someone like Colbert on Galway's side suits that as well. Exact same with the Dublin Derry game. All Dublin's goal chances, well, not all of them, but they scored our goals in the second half when Derry's legs are just a little bit tired. Like I said, they get flat and spaces start to open up. Division 1 final, Mayo 14 points, Galway 11. Paddy Durkin claimed the cup at the end of the game and uh, kind of raised it at the end and said, we'll see you next week in Castlebar. So we'll get talking yeah, about yeah. Roscommon Mayo afterwards. There was no kind of walk around the pitch like what we saw in 2019 when, in fairness, that was the end of that group really and they were finally getting their bit of national silverware. I think that was the end of the road for a lot of those Mayo lads in 2019. Division 2 final, we kind of got Paddy's take on Dublin 4-6, Derry 11 points. James, you were, uh, you were, you gave your two pence last week on Stephen Cluxton and, you know, a lot of people were kind of split in the comments. It was quite a divisive uh, clip that we put out. Some people were saying, typical, what do you expect from a Kerry man to put a negative spin on this? Dublin have won the Division 2 final. Go and put a negative spin on it for me. We're winning the Division 2 final. Could do that myself, Tom. If you actually, like James McCarthy, you could tell he wasn't exactly over the moon about winning that. <laughs> he actually the great speech. Has gone up to lift the cup. <laughs> He's like, I've been here so many times, but no, look. Whose speech was better, Jimmy? Paddy Clifford and the Golden Dugger or James McCarthy's yesterday? Paddy Clifford's speech is the best ever and always will be. <laughs> it's hard bet, isn't it? Like? You're kind of hoping that something goes down in the speech now. Like, yeah, you want a bit yeah. of controversy. <laughs> Call out the ref. Come on. <laughs> They're all thanking the refs yesterday. And the ground staff. When did the ground staff start the getting staff really seriously like... popular now? Yeah. They're doing a good job. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. But, uh, starting to see... name names in the speech. Go after yeah, someone. Do you yeah. see when, when Connor Glass um, pulled the hammer and you know yourself when you're gone, you're gone. He was doing the substitution sign and everything with his hands. And in fairness, the physio came on and gave him a bit of cold spray onto the hammer, as if like this is gonna sa- this is gonna save you know. Right, is right down a bit of pal. He was like, that is not working. But uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 Dublin still aren't there yet. Obviously, you have the whole Kieran Kilkenny thing. We're not sure why he didn't start, but if I was him, I'd be I'd be very disappointed not to be starting that team. He's still he's still our most important player from from the outside, in my opinion, yep. um, himself and Khan. So for him not to be, not to be starting must have been disappointing. But I think that Dublin, like six points, you would never expect Dublin to only kick six points in a game. You know, they'd be aiming for 20 points easily yeah. to, own, yeah. to be outscored. I know they got four goals, but it was 11 scores to 10. You know, the free-flowing football just isn't coming for Dublin at the moment. I know it's hard against Derry, but... Did they do anything well? What did they do well for you? Dubs? Yeah. Well, what actually happened in the first half when Derry stifled them was if you if you if you analyze Dublin, what they love is possession. They're like a Man City in terms of possession. They like to control the pace of the game. Kilkenny will get on it. He'll he'll hand pass the ball around and they'll pick holes. But Derry 
completely took over possession. I think it was 60-40 possession at halftime or something close to mm. that, to Derry. And every time they turned Dublin over, they could have broken fast and maybe got a score, but they decided, no, we'll hop solo, take our time back to the goalie, get our shape. And I don't think Dublin like other teams having a lot of possession. They're so used to dominating the ball. So they couldn't get any bit of momentum going and just killed them. I think that was a, I don't know, was it a tactic by Derek? I think that they've always been a case of attacking slowly, but this was ultra slow. So it worked for them in terms of stifling Dublin, but it kind of ruled out them having the counterattacks and the fast scores as well. As it was a brutal game for mm. me, honestly. Like, yeah. I, I thought quality-wise for both teams, I thought it was poor. Um, we just played at a slow pace yeah. because Derry didn't counterattack and yeah. Dublin always attacked fairly slowly now. Um, are we going to see Khan inside? Are we going to see that in the championship? Yeah, we see it all day yesterday. He was outstanding yesterday. We see it all day yesterday, Tommy. Did you watch that? <laughs> no, 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 but that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what I mean. Like, I, I would say the biggest plus for Dublin, and positives from yesterday, so straight away, their skill execution up front was poor. And that is, Daisy Farrell himself said it, score six points, some glaring misses in the first half, Lahif, and also John Small gets a goal in the second half, but they have two goal chances in the first half where they just blast the ball as hard as they can, which is just, that's not what they're being coached. So that shouldn't be happening. Cade Murphy, Tablet, just bad point misses, stuff that just is not really acceptable if you're talking about winning the All-Ireland, which they are. So, so that's an area they need to improve on massively. They'll know that. The plus for them, I thought, defensively, I thought they were a lot better yesterday. They weren't great against Loud. Loud had a couple of cold chances against them and a lot of the focus was on Dublin's ponderous attack, particularly after that defeat up in Celtic Park. But defensively, they've been... I wouldn't, like David O'Hanlon, who had an excellent game again yesterday, from, is being called into action far too often for my liking. You don't want your goalkeeper up in lights, really. He shouldn't be having to... And that's the, the worry for Mayo in the Division 1 final that what Park Joyce was alluding to after. You don't want to be conceding three or four goal chances. Mm-hmm. But for Dublin yesterday... I thought Fitzsimons and John Small were excellent. They were a lot more solid defensively, which was a positive. And the big plus for them, they're kicking the ball again. Like literally from that defeat, I'm sure they had a serious review of how that second half went up in Celtic Park. And the following week, their next game against Mead, the same against Loud last week, and the same yesterday, they're looking to kick the ball again. And the shape they're playing with up front, Khan and it was Killy Logari yesterday, are staying inside. They're giving them licence to stay in there. And I have to say, Conor McCluskey, I thought, did an excellent job in the first half on Con. That there's a couple of balls going in to Kenny's first score. Con gets the kick pass one-on-one, and you're thinking nine times out of ten, this is the goal here. Yeah. And McCluskey holds him up and ends up going back and Kenny kicks the score. But you can see what Dublin, they're trying to move the ball quicker up the pitch. And their shape up front, they're given license to keep guys closer to goal. That's without Costello, Mannion. They're the pluses for Dublin. It wasn't perfect yesterday and it hasn't been a perfect league, but I I would be happy with what I've seen over the last two or three weeks, what Dublin are trying to do. They're not pulling it off just yet, but it's definitely a lot better than what we've seen earlier on in the season. What changes with Conor McCluskey in the second half? Because McCluskey did have a good first half. Con wins man of the match and he creates the four goals. Well, essentially three to four goals. I, I, I just, like, if Con gets that much ball, he's he's like Clifford. That you could be doing absolutely unbelievable on him. But he's still, if you give him four or five goals at it, he's going to get by you. And also, like I said earlier, I think Derry just run out of gas a bit. 
yeah. second half. And it, it, it does become one-on-one in those yeah. days. I think McCluskey was doing well and holding Khan up. And then there was support from the likes of Garrett McKinless and things like that. I thought McKinless was a perfect example of it. He was causing double problems going forward in the first half. Sean Bugler, he wins a couple of frees and he just runs out of gas as well. And all of a sudden in the second half, it is just Khan and McCluskey. And I don't care who you are. If you keep getting one-on-ones with Carlo Callahan, you are, you're going to pay for it eventually. So, yeah, 100%. If you see the way O'Callaghan, the two best things he does for me, right? First of all, he's unbelievable at presenting for a kick pass. Like he'll always be the correct side of his marker. He'll always catch eyes with the kicker at the right time. And his hands, even over his head, his hands are brilliant. Eyes oh, a pig. So he presents perfectly. And secondly, as soon as he collects it, right, be it from a kick pass or a hand pass, he faces his man straight away. So he almost does that basketball turn where he, he's facing away from the goal, but he spins around to be facing his defender straight away. And that allows him to just skip by because he has unbelievable power then after the first step. But, you know, to some players, they'd be getting a kick pass and they'd almost, they'd almost go back the way they came you after catching it. Run a loop, like, yeah. Yeah, run a loop. You're never going to get around a man when you do that. So when he gets it, he stops dead and faces his man up straight away. <laughs> a, so dangerous. You're harsh out to Mark. Like, oh, oh it wouldn't give you a second. Like, if he's the yeah. ball in his hands, he's like, and, and you know what, right? And this is, the, I always make the, the difference between himself and Clifford. I think they're unbelievably effective. I think they're two of the most effective players forwards in the country, but they're different. Like yeah. Clifford is a beautiful point scorer. Beautiful. And he, there's only times where he's not as direct because he knows he can just kick the ball over your head from 50 yards. Whereas Khan... He's a goal scorer. Khan's a goal scorer. So in his head, he's not even thinking... Even when he probably should just clip a point, he is thinking goal. Mm-hmm. And that's why I agree with you, Timmy. He catches the ball and nearly in midair, he's turning. Yeah. And he's going straight at you. And the one the one they miss... and I, I t- Darren Newcomb is a young lad with Dublin. He's had a brilliant, brilliant league campaign. <laughs> that run that Khan burns McCluskey along the end line is incredible. Just yeah. that, nearly perfect. 101, Khan O'Callaghan at his best and squares it across to Newcomb. For a, I, it was a spectacular miss. The TV cameras picked up the most genuine sorry afterwards as well. You could just see Newcomb go, I'm really sorry. <laughs> You know, I <laughs> was like, uh, he was in the middle. Of, I can't, I couldn't believe he missed it. But yeah. uh, for, for for him, that's a, a positive, I suppose, very much under the radar. But why don't more players, I, and I know it might be a, an ability thing, but why don't more players turn like Khan? So Khan has the power, the ability, the power, and the speed to do it. Yeah, like, like I always say, what's more, what's more important than running fast in football is to be able to stop and go directly the other way. Agility. Yeah. Like, you can be the quickest player in the world, but if you can't stop and go the other way at your man, it's not it's not going to work. Like, loads of forwards are quick. They can get out in front of their man, they catch it, but it takes them three or four steps to slow down, turn, and then go at him. Whereas Khan is catching and turning in the same movement. But the it's just athleticism. It's unbelievable. The as well is off the charts. Like, that, that one where he goes by McCluskey there, he does literally, like... So it was like Messi back in the day where he'd just stop and slow yeah. everything down and then wait okay. for you to try and tackle him and then he's gone. Like So, um, but I, I thought Khan nearly perfectly summed up Dublin yesterday. He didn't score <laughs> himself and he's missed a couple of goal chances himself in the last couple of weeks uh, down in, in, in Navin and then again against Loud. 
he's building towards top form. And that's the positive I feel for Dublin. And look, I said this, we've been critical of them throughout the league because they haven't been consistently at the levels that you'd hope they'd be at. But I think if you look at the four teams yesterday, the scope Dublin have for improvement with the likes of Mannion, Jack, McCaffrey coming back, Howard potentially as well, and Khan, Michael Kenny getting back to top form. I think that I think Desi Farrell will be happy with where they're at. That they've won, they're promoted to division one, and they know what they have to work on specifically. The only thing is they're not going to face top quality opposition for a while. Till, till June. The All Ireland series, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that can be a good thing in terms of getting your confidence up and playing a certain way, but they're not going to play a Division 1 team for a long time. Neither, neither are Kerry. Murray James, you, you put it. Kerry have a season of Division 1 played. But, but if you look for, for the worry with Dublin, Derry were the best team they've played here today, and Derry's attack is not I, I, overly harsh, but he could blunt, really. And the challenge they're going to face with no bones about it in terms of winning the All-Ireland is play to Kerry, play to Galway, where there's kick passes, flying in, there's lethal forwards inside, and it's just a different type of challenge to what Derry have put up against them or anyone else in Division 2. So that's the the challenge for Dublin. And you're right, James, you're not going to get to see that test. Possibly until, until it's too late. Until that's, the All-Ireland. That's the worry for them. So, but that, that's why the positive thing for me yesterday was I thought defensively they did look a lot better but albeit against a, a forward unit that wasn't causing too much hassle mm, okay so our four contenders have possibly given us more questions than answers after that weekend I, I would say after yesterday I I don't think Derry can win the All-Ireland okay I think there'd be a handful but I, I cannot see that team going the whole way and winning the All-Ireland. I just don't see as enough additions to to what we see from them last year. I think to be a handful, but I'd say Dublin, Mayo, Kerry and Galway. Mm. Yeah. I think McKay would would not hold Khan. I don't think anyone would hold him, hold him, but he'd, he'd definitely match up physically better with him. I think that he would have quietened him a little bit. And Glass going off was yeah. a big blow. So we didn't get enough of a second half view with them. They tried to kick the ball a little bit in the first half and they kicked it away. That's and they lost, they lost faith in it completely. Yeah. They kicked two or three balls and they went, they were nowhere near their men and next thing they just said, no, we're not doing that anymore. And that was all the creativity gone. Mm. Um, you'd fancy, yeah, you'd, you'd fancy Tyrone here to get to the Ulster final from that side of Ulster, I think. Okay. All right. Well, um, there were two other finals on Saturday with the Division 3 final. Fermanagh won seven, Cavan 16 points. This one we took a while. The- we did call it. It took a while to get going. Darren McGurn from Fermanagh, like it was a, a weekend of spurned goal chances or, you know, may possibly fluky goal chances. Might come back to that in a little while. Darren McGurn possibly had the finish of the weekend, a lovely controlled finish past Galligan into the corner. And in the other game, Sligo um, came back from a couple of points down a few times to beat Wicklow. Wicklow and Fermanagh, neither of them have ever won silverware um, on the national stage. They were both chasing this weekend, but Cavan and Sligo won. Sligo 2-10, Wicklow 14, a goal either side of time were key for Tony McEntee's side. So they won the battle of the Cross-McGlen managers at the weekend. So congrats to both of them. All 
but sorry, the Wick, Saigon Wicklow are both in championship action this weekend. Um, Fermanagh have another week and Cavan lie in wait for the winners of Antrim and Armagh who meet this Saturday. So we're probably going to get into the championship action, lads, and have a look at it now in the second half of the pod. Um, last one, Paddy, did Lorcan Rodell go for goal? Did he mean it? I don't think so. James, you you kind of felt like he he was going for it. I, Are you going with this, Jimmy? I think he might have meant it. I, I know there's there's this thing with G Paddy. I've heard it loads of interviews before with the Dubs. Is that they say I was going for the crossbar and look if it went under, it went under for. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> is that something that he coach above there for a while? No, I don't know about it. Uh-huh. I don't Rogan, know about that. Rogan against Derry in the league final. I saw it in, in an article uh, last week. But it wasn't enough to sanction. Yeah, yeah. It was unbelievable. And like McMenamin, well, McMenamin was going for a point in thirteen, but <laughs> yeah, the goal last or the goal yesterday. He doesn't line up for a point. It's, I think like, he it's is. Not, it's not, he's under pressure. Like there's the three very lads coming in. I, I think it'd be more central if he was going for a point. So like, the fact that he's actually pinged it into the corner. All right. You don't. You obviously don't. Don't fancy. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah. yeah when, it, when, it, when the loops in off the post, like, I think when it loops in off the post like that, the angle that it was at. Yeah. No. I. I, I think he was going for a point. Even no faith. You are listening to episode 12 of the Football Pod, brought to you every week with thanks to AIB, proud sponsors of the Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. We've spoken about the contenders from the weekend, the league finals, the four winners this weekend. We had Cavan, Division 3, Sligo, Division 4, Dublin, Division 2, and Mayo in Division 1. And after the break, we're going to get stuck into the nine championship games that are on offer this weekend. Straight into the championship as the league ends. There's no time to breed. We're back after this. You're very welcome back to episode 12 of the Football Pod. It's time to get into the Championship action because it's starting this weekend. It doesn't feel quite like that's going to happen. It's not the summer, still spring. The evenings are getting longer. And some good news for Football Pod fans. With the Championship around the corner, it means that we are going to be on the road once more this year. Last year, we went to Castle Bar and we had a smashing show in the Royal Theatre with Keith Higgins. We were also... Chemical Croaks Clubhouse with Michael Meehan the week before the All-Ireland Final. We had a lovely Galway Dublin preview. Where could we go this year, I wonder? Any, any suggestions, boys? The, the, the date is locked in. The venue is locked in. We are not at liberty to reveal it yet. You both know it. Just don't give it away. Ah. Okay, I promise not to give away any clues. Oh, we're, uh, we're 20 questions. <laughs> okay. Is it in <laughs> Connacht? No. <laughs> Is it in Ooh. Ulster? Could be. It not might be Ulster. Time. <laughs> not this time. It's not this time. Would it be deemed a good tourist town where we're going to? It is. It has once been described as Disneyland for Americans. For Americans. And for dubs. And for dubs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have, so, I been to this, have I been to this location before? You are a frequent visitor of this location to, well, to the golf courses, to the golf courses and to the pubs of this location. I don't know if you played in the pitches there, though. I have, I have played in the pitches there. I never really. No, I did get a couple of wins down there. Yeah. Um, I would say it's a big treat for anyone looking to go to a football pad. I would say it's yeah. probably the best location for a football pod. And the weekend that it's going to be on. Ooh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we, I go down for the week. We'll surely get a good crowd. 
Tell her it's a week long thing. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's going to have to be. You're going to have to factor in a bit of a trip here because there's obviously going to be an interest from the county that we're going to. But just a little heads up, we will be releasing ticket details this week. The date itself is going to be the Thursday. I'm going to give this away. The Thursday before the May Van Calder weekend. So we're really looking forward to it. Oh, go. Oh, there's going to be two provincial finals that weekend. We're going to have special guests on the night. We're going to have a proper show. Um, the two boys are always in great form. You like to play to a crowd. So, you know, we'll we'll have plenty of fun on the night. So, and there'll be points afterwards too. And if you can make yourself, if you can end up in the right pub that we're in afterwards, you're welcome to join us for pub, for points afterwards too. Where were we last year in Castlebar? Um, we were in McBurns and we were well looked after. We got black and white pudding at three in the morning. <laughs> black pudding was savage. Wasn't it? We were starving and all the chippers off the ball credit card. Yeah. I don't think it's on the Thursday night, Friday night, <laughs> and probably the Saturday night as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, look, at, we will release details on that during the week. We're really looking forward to it. We're hoping to hit the road a couple of times this summer. Um, so, yeah, get in touch on our Instagram and Twitter pages if you're interested in coming to the Football Pod Live, which will be coming to a venue very close to James O'Donoghue soon. Okay, so Saturday at 3 o'clock, London versus Sligo. The championship is getting underway. It'll be thrown in at 3 o'clock. Uh, Michael Mars, London side, are up against the Division Four champions, Sligo. New York faced Leitrim later that night. That game will be streamed live on GA Go. Paddy? It's a very good channel. Funnily enough, that's not the debut I'm making on GA Go. You're not going to New York this weekend, no? No, I should have. Need a better agent to work out my contract. That yeah. would have been a nice one to kick off with, wouldn't it? That, I think I'm doing, got that one, did he? Yeah, Murphy and Mark O'Shea doing that one. I'm doing Armagh Cavan, I think. Are they going over for it? <laughs> well, you're oh, not God. yet. No. Jesus. Uh, oh, sorry, baby Antrim. Sorry. Yeah, baby there you Antrim, go. Exactly. Yeah. So, sorry, yeah. uh, New York Leitrim is going to be streamed live in GA Go at 11 o'clock. So, you can catch that one. And Armagh Antrim, five o'clock Saturday. That is going to be on BBC Northern Ireland. So, you will be able to keep an eye on that one. On Sunday, we have a clatter of games in the Munster Senior Football Championship. Claire and Cork are in Ennis, two o'clock. Tipperary host Waterford in Sampa Stadium in the other Munster quarterfinal at two o'clock. In Leinster, we've got three preliminary quarterfinals. Wicklow, uh, runners-up at the weekend in Division 4 final take on Carlo. In Ockram, Longford host Offaly and the winners have the prize of facing Mead in the Leinster quarterfinal after that. And Leash take on Wexford in O'Moore Park at half three on Sunday. And possibly the big ticket game, four o'clock, Castlebar, Mayo, Division 1 champions are going to Roscommon. The Rossies, who had a cracking start to the year, finished third in Division 1. That is going to be a sensational game of football. We'll get back to that one in a little while. Let's just start in Ulster then, because Arma are taking on Antrim. Um, we, we probably had our say about Arma last week. We relegated them to Division 2. <coughs> Kieran McGinney came out afterwards, quashed any WhatsApp rumours that have been doing the rounds in the county the week beforehand. He said that Rian O'Neill nicked the quad, so they were hoping to have him back for the Antrim game. Antrim um, had a funny league. They survived. Big win against Cavan that essentially confirmed survival. They lost two games in injury time. They also conceded a huge amount of scores. Paddy, I know it was a slip of the tongue there saying that you'll be covering Cavan, Armagh in a couple of weeks' time. Are you giving Antrim any any chance to spring a surprise? Do you think Armagh are going to bounce back with a vengeance after that tricky end to their Division 2 campaign? Division 1 campaign? I, I don't think Antrim are going to win this game. I can't say even without Reid O'Neill I don't think I'm going to risk Reid O'Neill 
even um, I know it was initially kind of six to eight weeks. Kerry McGeady went very much on the positive side of things, saying it might only be a couple of weeks. Um, Armagh had a disappointing spring, but look, realistically, they're, they're streets ahead of Antrim. I know Antrim had a big win against Cavan, which, like I say, pretty much cemented their place in, in Division 3. Uh, but I think for Andy, Andy McIntyre and his team, that's a massive, massive ask to try and take out Armagh. Even a wounded Armagh, I expect them to bounce back uh, and expect them to win that game. I think that will be a huge, titanic shock if Antrim were to beat Armagh this weekend. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see Armagh. They're, they're, they're worlds apart, the two teams at the moment. I mean, it's actually the perfect game for Armagh because they can get back to kicking the ball, playing with a bit of confidence, risk a few things. Um, it'll probably be tight, you know, first 20 minutes, maybe half an hour, and you'd fully expect Armagh to, to pull away and, and um, show that they're, they're still Division 1 quality, even though they, they this might be the end of the season, obviously, but I can't see, I can't see Antrim coming within, within um, a reasonable distance of, of Armagh. Not well, the spread, the spread is nine points. Um, in that game at the weekend, so uh, Antrim are ten to one. So nobody's really giving them a shout. So that's that game on Saturday afternoon. The winners, of course, go on to play Cavan in the Ulster quarter final. Where, where's that Cavan or my game on? If it is Arma, you'll have to give me another second because I haven't been looking that far down the line, Paddy. That game is going to be in Breffney Park, I believe, and that'll be on Saturday, the twenty second of April. Is it on telly? It's on Diego. <laughs> it's on one of those shitty streaming. Um... No, whoa, 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 whoa. Jimmy, we won't be looking for any guest presenters for the sound of things. <laughs> I do, I do think that is my debut on Diego. Oh, okay. We'll all be tuning in. Yeah, definitely. Go, yeah. yeah, looking forward to it, buddy. You've had loads of you've had loads of practice over the last little while. Um, on the L podcast. Okay, so Sunday, another game that's catching the eye. Well, I don't know. Is it catching the eye? Is this one going under the radar a little bit? James, you talked a big game around your Cork boys early on in the league this year. You know, they the momentum kind of stalled a little bit towards the end, a couple of iffy results late on. Are you as confident as you were at the start of the year? I think this is the most important game for Cork all year. Um, whatever about the league... To be honest, they were in good shape before the league started and that loss against Meath, which I, I think that if they played 10 times, they'd lose that one time. Like They should have won that game every day of the week, in my opinion. Obviously, Meath got, got a great win, got a couple of goals. They did stutter after that, but they got the point against Derry, which will give them a bit of, bit of confidence to go on. But Clare and Cork are very well matched. They're two similar teams. Uh, it's hard to call the winner. I think that it's a huge game for Cork. I think that they'll have set their eyes on this all year. They need to win this game. If they don't beat Clare, it'll be a serious knockback for the whole group. Um, I, I'm, I'm expecting it to be very close. If Brian Hurley doesn't play, I think the Cork going to be up against it. He's still their standout forward. He's, he's obviously trouble with the hammer. Um, missed a couple of games. They don't look the same without him. But if he's playing, you think the Cork will have the firepower. But I expect it to be very, very close. And there's no doubt Clare have unbelievable resilience. Like they're not going to to let Cork come in and and, and beat them easily. Like that's going to be a serious contest. It's going to be a great game. Could be the game of the weekend. It um, really could be. This, this game and it, it's on got television. the most on the line for me. No, this game not on television. No, I was I was hoping I I might get asked to cover it. 
I'm covering Mayo as common. I'm not complaining, but Cork and Clare, it's a pity this game isn't being screened because it will be a cracker. It's a game. It'll be a brilliant game. Yeah. But Clare need to win it. That's the thing. To stay in the Sam Maguire. And like Cork aren't safe either, but they, they probably will get into it. But Cork need to be back in the Munster final. They need to they need to get into that Munster final against against possibly a Kerry in Killarney. And it, it, and show and show what they have there. That's that's the next step for this Cork team. They can't be losing this game. It'll be a serious knockback. It's like a lo- call though, isn't it? Like, yeah. it really is. Like, and particularly, I agree with you, Jimmy. If Hurley's missing, like they don't have many talismatic scorers. I know Sherlock missed a couple of games in the league as well, and he's lethal from pre's. But Hurley gives them. He's their he's their key forward. If he's missing down at Ennis, I mean, that's a big ask. Claire. They, kick, they kick to Hurley. They don't kick to yeah. to the other forwards. You know, I think, they, I think he's sure. playing, surely, unless he's on one leg. Because I, I do, I agree. I think this is a massive game for Cork. That Division 2 okay, started off slowly. They got a bit of momentum. But like Cork have got to be eyeing a the final against Kerry. That's, they need to be. They really, really need to be. So... But for Clare, it's disappointed for Colin Collins and his team to go down. Like, see, that Houdini act by Kildare down in Cusick Park pretty, pretty much condemned them that how Kildare, or how Clare lost that game. They'd be kicking themselves. But it's such a tight one to call. I think it'd be a brilliant game. I can't believe they're not showing this on Teddy Lads. Yeah, well, as good as Mayor Ross Campbell would be, this has got to be. There's not many great provincial championship games, lads. This will be one of them. This one has it all on the line, like, yeah. yeah. That's similar, like, Claire Limerick last year um, wasn't shown again and went to penalties. Do you remember when the penalty shootout? Yeah. And it was possibly maybe 3,000 in, in Cusick Park that day. I was lucky to be at it, but wasn't showing a cracking game. Again, I agree with you. Very hard to call. Sherlock was missing against Claire um, in that game in the league a couple of weeks ago. Chris O'Jones started full forward and was really impressive. He's had a really good league campaign. Connor Corbett started too. Sherlock returned the following week. Um, against Loud and then against Derry, Hurley was obviously missing um, for those games. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be it's going to be a really tight oh, one. And call it there. Who's going to win this game? Go on, Cork for me. I think Cork are going to win as well. Funny, Peter Canavan called Claire last night on the. Uh... It's because Tuberty was sitting beside him, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like no, Claire, time... Claire are an excellent team I just think there's so much on the line for this Cork team they need to pull this one out of the fire like there's there's no more excuses to be made no no more places to hide they need to go to Clare and beat them it's a pressure it's game a it's a huge there's it's a huge it's meant to be pressure man yeah. mm. you see the 15 Cork lads running out there on a dry day and they're all wearing gloves just knocking on the head like that's it <laughs> if that happens you don't deserve to be on TV then <laughs> Turn the cameras off. <laughs> Kevin McStay, we mentioned Paddy Durkin earlier on. Kevin McStay very quickly turned his eyes for his comment at the weekend. He was happy to win the league. He was delighted. But straight away, he's on to his comment and the Rossies. How would you think Davy Burke felt on Sunday watching that game? Any different? Did it change his perspective, change his mind? Alter preparations in any way? No, I, I don't think Mayo did anything different to what they've done throughout the league campaign. Um, they didn't look like they picked up any injuries. <laughs> um, they look like they're going to be at full strength. Um, I think David Burke would have known his team were going. His team are going to be up against it. 
going to Castlebar at a confident Mayo team. But Roscommon would be relatively happy with that, I would feel, that they're kind of coming in under the radar. They had a good league campaign. They got off a brilliant start, obviously, and that kind of carried them through the rest of it. But there was questions, would they be able to stay in Division 1? And they did that comfortably. They had some big wins. They have a lot of momentum themselves. Mm-hmm. But not to be disrespectful, but if you put those two teams up against each other, Mayo are a better team. They've better players than, than Roscommon. And how Roscommon win the games, if they play really well, Mayo struggle in front of the posts or kind of traditional issues Mayo have had over the last five or six years. We haven't seen any of that from Mayo. We've just seen Mayo with all the momentum playing really positive football and their big players playing well. That's And if that's the case, if they go into Castlebar and they play like that on Sunday, I don't see Roscommon getting that nil in this game. But for, for Davy Burke, when he'd sat there yesterday, the Roscommon players, and they have to reinvent the wheel. No, they don't, because Mayo didn't do anything different. They know what Mayo are going to bring. Intensity, they're going to be hard to break down, because they've got that little bit of solidity at the back. But Roscommon need to be able to deal with supply line into Aidan O'Shea and Ryan O'Donoghue, and they need to be able to deal with impact off the bench that Mayo are going to bring. Yeah. I think if you, if you look at Roscommon, like Mayo have great preparation for the game. They've just won a Division One league title, beaten their arch nemesis in Crow Park, right? That's one side of it. But Roscommon have come in on a brilliant wave as well. Like they just kicked 21 points against Donegal. Do you know, they, they came third in the league. They dug out the result after a couple of dodgy ones and up the confidence again. Like their, their gander is going to be up as well. They're not going to roll over. But if this game was on in the hide, I I I I think it'd be a lot more dangerous for Mayo. I think the home advantage is huge here. I think that the Mayo crowd will be baying for it. They'll be on a high after winning the league. You know, they're they're really behind the team at the moment. There's a wave of enthusiasm in Mayo. And the home advantage could tell a lot. Um but Roscommon are are on on the, the crest of a wave as well. It's not like just because Mayo won the league that they're the only ones who feel good at the moment. Roscommon are buzzing as well. And the week's break could play into their hand. I think for the Rossies, they need, and this is the where Galway fell down yesterday, Mayo still have guys that can shut down key forwards. And you look at what Paddy Dirk are probably looking at at Enda Smith at the weekend. Yeah. The matchups, I feel the matchups are weighed in Mayo's favour in this game. And this is where when you get into the championship, you are going to get these specific key guys looking to be taken out. And I think Mayo hold the cards in that regard. Yeah. It worked and They've always had that ability to do that. Uh, and even with change of personnel, with the like of the more experienced guys of Mullen and, and Keegan and these guys, I think Mayo have still have that ability to shut down Ross Cowman's key forwards. Uh, but, but I agree with James. It's not like the Rossies are coming in and they've had a howler and they've been relegated. They've had a good league campaign themselves. But just where Mayo are at, everything we've seen over the spring for the last two and a half months, and the fact that it's in Castlebar as well, uh, I think it will be a big shock if Ross Cowman were to knock off Mayo on Sunday. When these yeah. two met in the league a couple of weeks ago, both sides made a clatter of changes, yeah, obviously, with an iron like, Yeah, yeah. Aidan O'Shea, now, McStay actually, he, he started um, Flynn, Jordan Flynn, Cohen, Stephen Cohen, Connor Loftus, David McBride, Matty Ruan, McDonough, 
a lot of these boys all started every game in the league, right? So we kept a core throughout. Aidan O'Shea played in seven games, but he didn't start against Roscommon. Roscommon know what Aidan O'Shea is all about. How would you stop or how would you set up against O'Shea's role at the weekend, James? Or is it that simple? Well, you see, it's it's not like he's the only threat. Realistically, Ryan O'Donoghue is, is the main threat. And you've mm. got James Carr obviously chipping in as well. But the thing is, if, if Aidan Shea if you have to drop a man back in front of him, you're leaving space for, for Ryan O'Donoghue. So if if I if ever you're looking at defending against a, a team like that who have a lot, lot of threat in the inside line, you have to stop the ball going in from a kick pass. And I think the Ross Common are good like that. You know, they'll work really hard. They'll stop the Mayo fellas from looking up and be able to ping the ball in. So there might be a bit more ball carried, I think, because it like first round of championship, everyone is going to be hopping off the ground. Everyone's going to be working their arse off to try and stop any ball going in. So it might be a bit a bit more through the hand in the first half. And then Aiden Shea is going to do what what he's brilliant at. He's going to draw fouls. He's going to bring other fellas into the game. And if he can get one or two shots off as well, he's his job done. But I don't think that Ross Common can necessarily say, right, we're going to deal with Aiden Shea this way and forget about all the other threats. Because in fairness to Mayo. They've brought they've brought on a lot of threat. Even even Flynn is is chipping in now with with a guaranteed point the game. Mm-hmm. So, like I think it's going to be the work rate out the field to stop the ball going in. That's going to be their tactic. Paddy, in terms of the common threats, like you know, Enda Smith, Ben O'Carroll impresses this year. Um, scored a couple of goals in some of those early wins. Um, in their their first three games. Cox, Derek Craig has come in. He's, he's one of the younger lads making a big impact. I, I think Ross Cameron is still going to be looking to Kieran Berta, Dermot Berta, Downey mm. Smith, Ed the Smith, the guys that have been, they're quality players, but it's will they get the space and time against this Mayo defence. And that's where I feel, I think Mayo have the weapons to shut those guys down. Yes, young Craig, O'Connor and these guys, they're younger guys coming through. I think it's a big ask for for Davy Burke to turn around and expect those guys to win them this game at Casabar, I think Ross Common will still be relying on those stalwarts that they have, and they have quality. But I look at matchups that that McStay can have at his disposal, weapons to shut those guys down. The likes of Paddy Durk and you seen when he did to Maddie Tierney yesterday, and then Comer in the second half, Jack Coyne as well, Callanan. These guys, they're so confident going into this game, um, and that's why they'll take a lot of that from yesterday as well. Yeah, if you're those young guys coming in going, I just marked Shane Walsh or I just marked Manny Tierney or any of these guys, that gives you confidence going in. I think the system as well that Mayo have at the back, we've seen it in the first half, really, really frustrated at Galway. Um, so it's not just that they're relying on these one-to-one battles. Um, it always helps if you're brilliant one-to-one defenders, but the, the, the style that Mayo are playing gives support. They're solid at the back. I, I just think... <laughs> sound like a broken record here. It comes down to scoring power. And I think the form Mayo are in, the matchups, I think Mayo's forwards can get the better of Ross Common's backs. And I think Mayo's backs have shown enough over the last two months that they'll be able to shut down to an extent those key Ross Common attackers. So um, do I expect, if Ross Common, what do you expect to see from them differently? They won a lot of tight games particularly in, in the Hyde. You think of that game against Tyrone in the opening weekend, a really dogged display. It was a brilliant win for, for Ross Cameron and not one you'd normally associate with them. Mm. But I, I do, I agree with James, the fact that this is over in Castle Bar. I think there's going to be a massive crowd uh, because like I say, the Rossies have a bit of momentum behind them as well. They bring a big crowd, but I just think where it is, where the two teams are at from what we've seen to date, 
and just the, the individual personnel. I struggle to see a Roscommon win here. Yeah, I think that I think the McStay has made a job of um of the Mayo midfield. Like the, they're the main ones in the whole defensive system. The way that Ruan gets back, the way that Dermot O'Connor gets back. So athletic, don't you be right? Those two. Yeah, they are. They can get up and down the field. And Dermot O'Connor, he's not too concerned about getting as far forward this year. He's really playing that defensive role, leaving Ruan maybe push on a little bit more. But really, they're both more defensively inclined than attacking at the moment. So they're cutting off all the avenues. And I think with McStay, I have a feeling he's a brilliant motivator. I saw him in the... Do you remember he did a documentary when he was the Roscommon manager? Yeah. And uh, what was that? Was that for RT, was it? No, it was the AIB. They just did a, a series with, um, with Roscommon. Yeah. And they were in the dressing Brown's room for the Connacht final. What's that? Bell Spots was at a football pod. <laughs> Hashtag the toughest for more. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, in the dressing room, they had a camera and <coughs> McStay gave a rousing speech. And it like you're kind of nearly watching it and you're getting goosebumps yourself. And I think that he, he he's not... You'd want to play for the last season. <laughs> <laughs> no, but do you know the way he just tapped into that, that motivation? But like... Mayo could easily have won the league right this weekend. A couple of them maybe get ahead of themselves. I don't think that could ever happen with McStay. I think he's constantly on them to motivate, motivate, motivate. And I can see them coming out of the traps very hot the weekend. Have you ever found yourself in a dressing room motivated by a speech? Well, personally, I... I was always very cold. Like I'd, I'd actually be trying to psych myself up. I, I had a, I was too relaxed, do you know? So some people are very responsive to, to everything. They're just in the, in the mindset of no matter what happens here, it's going to, it's going to psych me up. It's a great way to be before a game. Whereas I was more calm and cold. I think that I was almost too much that way. At times, I'd have liked to be able to get a bit hotter, especially before a game. But no, I wouldn't be one to react to a speech. But it still is. It still is important, I think, for a manager to give to give a little bit of a of a g up before the game, or yeah, to keep motivation at the at the front of his mind. Because otherwise, yeah, uh, can, I, don't, I, don't doubt. I don't doubt. I don't with these two teams, like Mayo against Roscommon. First, like Jimmy said, first round of the championship. These players are going to be on wheels coming out of that dressing room. So, yeah. And you won't, you won't need a speech. You won't need, at this level and in a game like this, with that rivalry they have, like the Rossies have been waiting for this game all, all year as well. As much as Mayo are looking forward to this in front of their own crowd, the two teams' motivation is not going to be in remotely an issue for either side, whether it's McStay or Davy Burke given some Churchillian speech that that's not going to be an issue these guys are going to come flat to the mat from the first whistle I, I, yeah 100% I think, I, there, I, is, I get I think there is power in it I, I, I agree and I think I think what you're local, getting at though is a local rivals game McStay comes across so authentic as well and he's so good at the media obviously he's had so much experience with it but mm. even in that speech itself, you do believe, it does make a difference when you believe what somebody is saying to you. I know you're saying some fellas will believe anything that's said in the dressing room. But, but some fellas could say the best bit of advice of all time, but their delivery could be shit. And you, <laughs> and you don't listen to it. Like, yeah, as much as is about what you say, 
it's how you deliver it. It's how you actually resonate with the player or with the group. Sell it to me. Sell me that message. Yeah, it, that's it. Like players need to be almost entertained constantly. Look at the age we're living in. Like you can't just expect them to do like, a TikTok video of players. <laughs> the manager has to do a bit of a dance video to get it to get the best out of the players. And what? Uh, what got I, I, I must say, I never really bought into the the Rosen speeches, but I do think there's a place for it. And what, if you're good at it, that's what, what I lit, think. The is a good motivator. What lit the fire for James O'Donoghue? Here we go. No, I, 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 I tell you, I found it very hard to light the fire. I was more, I was, I'm a bit dead inside. I need something. To, <laughs> <laughs> He's soulless. Look at him. I there. need something to start no, completely. But no, I, I used to be very excited about the game rather than, you know, motivated, motivated. You know, I'd just be excited, I think. And were you a cold killer too, Paddy? Ah, uh, ice cold. Were, you? <laughs> were neither of you like you know well, I can't imagine I can't right imagine you jumping around the place either Paddy no no maybe he was younger maybe we, we didn't really go in for it a lot as, as a group either um, just certain things would just stick with you you know I wouldn't be screaming at you out I, don't, I think those days are gone across the board like, but it's just certain messages or I agree with James hearing from people who maybe don't speak a lot or we would have been big on like connection. We were tight as a group, things like that. Not necessarily going, oh, we're playing Kerry. Let's go mad. Like that was never really a thing. It was just the people around you. And then maybe not, not necessarily just before the game, maybe the night before, or we, we used to have the day off before games, two days before we, we'd kind of name our team and stuff out in our base in DCU. And somebody might say something then and that was your emotion, just to focus you, really narrow the focus on the on the game and on the performance. But um, I'm trying to think, it were like the best ones. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Whereas if a, if a player delivers an important message, yeah, it's so powerful. Yeah, like, if, like it can't be any gobshite now, but like the right fella yeah, saying yeah. the right thing, I, like is it really does focus the group. Yeah, 100%. Because sometimes if a manager or a coach says it, it can be a bit preachy, whereas if a player who's in the fire with you is saying it, it just circles the wagons the best. 100%. Like you don't need the goalkeeper coach coming in with a spiel. <laughs> like, I love goalkeeper coaches, but in general, you, you, if it's one of your teammates and it's just, that narrows the focus. That gets, yeah. the, gets you going. Yeah. Not pe- not peer pressure, but that kind of peer, yeah. The the word, the right moment, the right person at the right moment. The yeah, right but then you've you've some people in dressing rooms who talk absolute shit as well, like, mm. and they're like me, knock down the head, like, come on, <laughs> we're playing carry in five minutes, like, we don't need this, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I say it's like dressing rooms are the same, I the world over. I definitely had a couple of buzzwords back in the day that I had to drop very quickly. Did it like, my lads, you got to tune in and intensely. <laughs> Apparently, that was all I ever said. Tune if, in. If you were coming out with that, I'd be switching off them. Yeah, I think everyone did. So I, I haven't opened my mouth now in a long time. Tune in. Yeah. yeah, so I, I've stopped. I've stopped that now. But uh, that, that's each interesting. Each to their own, though. Each to their own. Yeah. And but James, you, I don't yeah. take an issue for, for both those games we've talked about. Yeah. Orkin Clare, well, Ameo and Arassi. There's so much at stake in this, this game. You know, the boys are going to be focused. Yeah, every single one of them. That is not going to be an issue for for any of those four teams come Sunday. 
there won't be many people looking for motivation in the dressing room. That's championship. Jesus, championship. First week of April. Whoa. Unbelievable. What a season. 18 counties are in championship action this weekend. There's nine games. We'll be back with you on the football pod next week. Paddy, you're looking forward to, what's your game of the weekend? Mayo Roscommon, is, is that it? Uh, well, I'm not going to say the Cork Clare game. So yeah, I'd say the Mayo Rossi's game on Sunday afternoon. I'm away myself this weekend. I'll be oh. tuning in from afar. Nice. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll still be doing the pod? Checking oh, out a yeah, venue for the roadshow. Yeah. Let's go down. Two, uh, two weeks I'll do it for the roadshow. Oh, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that on your time or on off the ball time? We'll have to come through. I need to get my agent again. He's let me down missing out on the New York game for GA Go on Saturday. Jeez, can't believe I didn't see that. Shambles. <laughs> James, um, you're looking forward, you're looking forward to the start of the weekend here. The the ground's getting a little bit better, the weather's getting a little bit better. Yeah, even the just the hour back makes some difference. I, I know this time of year now when we were when I was in with Kerry, it was it was really the signaling of the serious stuff because we changed from training in Kearns under the lights into Fitzgerald yeah. Stadium. You know, no lights. Yeah. Right. Fast football with the cut grass and nice sod. And it was just like, it, everyone just picked up in form and in energy and there was just a feel-good factor. You're into the Monster Championship. Great time. Different you, buzz, isn't it? We were yes, saying, different buzz. It is, it is fails and we used to go over to DCU then. Same. Get rid of the floodlights. Summertime, so, baby. It's like a reward for going through the yeah. slug. You're back Bulls in the off the charts, yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone, enjoy the football this weekend. We certainly will in the football pod, and we look forward to chatting to you next week. Thank you for listening and tuning in. James and Paddy, thanks for your time this week. Appreciate it. Bye, friends. Talk to you, boys. Bye-bye.